0: Hello everyone, my name is Anne.
1: and my name is Yeji, and this is Our Own Canon.
0: We created this show as a way for us to discuss and debate pieces of art, literature, philosophy, television, film.
1: Basically, anything and everything that has left an impression on us as Asian-American college-age nerds with social anxiety and affinity for Vietnamese iced coffee.
0: Nerds, which we absolutely are, so get prepared to get lost in the weeds.
1: But don't worry, we'll offset with enough irony and sarcassery to keep things not boring for y'all.
0: And of course, thank you for listening and supporting the show. We hope you love what we have prepared today.
1: time no talk
0: (laughs) a lot's changed since the last time uh we've been recording the podcast
1: that is very true i am no longer in college that's what changed does that
0: mean we have to like change the intro now because like i think we do talk about ourselves being broke or or maybe not broke college students but we do talk about being college age nerds yeah that's what it is college age nerds oh god don't we're not anymore i'm sorry
1: don't do this to me i don't want to think about that oh my god no i'm still a, i'm still a kid i'm still young and i'm still hip and i'm I'm st- oh, sorry still it's still ending
0: things. it's it's only getting no. closer to ending no.
1: oh god um well yeah graduation happened um neither of us walked
0: <laughs> why walk when you can just sleep like actually.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I walk when you could just sleep. Um, no, yeah. That happened. Um,
0: finals happened. Summer started. Summer
1: started. Summer started. Do you have anything like fun and big planned for the summer right um, now? Um,
0: editing the podcast. What what else can be more fun than that?
1: <laughs> that's a good that's a good one actually. That's a really good one uh um, what about you where are you going i'm gonna leave you to that because <laughs> i <laughs> um so what have we got for today on what are we talking about? i think about? we're doing
0: a top pick right
1: uh i mean it should be but we'll see when we start talking yeah, maybe, about it it might end up getting a little spicy
0: you'll we'll change our minds later but i generally do like this movie uh the movie uh crazy rich asians I think it's like Ooh, the quintessential every Asian every Asian American has to watch movie.
1: <laughs> pretty much, it's yeah. it's a requirement. <laughs> you
0: don't you don't get your Asian card until you uh, until you watch this movie. I'm sorry, this is how it works.
1: Yeah. I remember when this movie blew up, though. I remember, um, I tend to get around to watching movies pretty late in general, (laughs) but I remember when this movie blew up and it was everywhere and everybody was talking about it. And I heard the title of it and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a movie that I'm going to enjoy watching. But it ended up being really good so i was pleasantly surprised i remember being pleasantly surprised enjoying it watching it the first time but um with the title like crazy rich asians i really wasn't no like i wasn't sure what to expect Mm. you know what i mean like that could really be anything
0: yeah (laughs) same for me like i hadn't watched trailers i for it or anything i hadn't even really like known it was happening because like i'm disconnected from the fucking internet uh so like I was at a family reunion and my cousins were like my one of my cousins was like hey we should go like watch Crazy Rich Asians and like you know no questions that's okay let's go <laughs> fucking hit the movie theater yeah
1: let's uh, do so. it <laughs> oh yeah
0: like a little tangent like like we were like okay let's just go to the fucking theater and then my and then my uncle was like hey while you guys are out can you like buy me some fish like like, like <laughs> not fish to cook he wanted like us to stop by the pet store and go stop and buy him some like <laughs> fish for <his> fish tank. <laughs> so no yeah so this trip turned into like okay first we hit up the movies then we no 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 we were like we go to the pet store right we get the fish and then and then the guy was like are you guys gonna be doing shit after this and we're like oh shit we're gonna be watching a movie we'll be back uh
1: (laughs) oh that's so funny because i would have definitely taken the fish to watch the movie (laughs) although i don't know like do fish like like movies i don't know (laughs) do fish like movies no (laughs) Um, I'm wondering if like fish can see like screens that way. Like, do the cones in their eyes have like the kind of like visual? That's a question that I'm not gonna ask right now, actually, because that's gonna just take a long ass time, and both of us are gonna be like curious and look it up. I will look it up after this. Though. It's a good prerequisite um,
0: question to whether fish like movies or not. So I, I do imagine it's... it is important. We can't answer one question. It's a very
1: the other. scientific question. You should be very proud of me right now because that's a STEM question. That's a girl in STEM question. Um. <laughs> uh okay so crazy rich asians let's kind of talk a little bit about like how do you think that this movie um was like because everybody was kind of saying it was a turning point right it was a turning Mm. point for asian representation in hollywood so how would you say that you've seen that in real life kind of like play out like do you think that's true do you think it's not true like what are your thoughts about that particular statement i
0: feel like it's hard to say i mean like it it like came at a time when also like k-pop and stuff was like getting big so like it's hard to like really put the finger on like whether it was just this movie or like a combination of or or you know like, like it's, it's really hard to like gauge i think what the influence of the movie was because of the time it came like did the movie itself mm-hmm. develop an appetite for more asian stuff or was it or was like k-pop coming up the thing that helped develop the appetite for this movie to then be successful right uh and it's probably realistically a combination of both <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but i do think if we're talking about turning points i also think that like it it did help i think like mainstream depictions of like asians in a way that like nothing really like before or since has really done because there's mm-hmm. so many hot asians in this movie so many. <laughs> That's very true. That's
1: very, very true. Um nothing before um, since plays Yeah, go for it. The woman who plays uh Astrid, what's her name? Gemini Gemma Chan. Chan. Gemma Chan can kick yeah. you in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Gemma Chan can do violence at me and I would still love her. <laughs>
0: There we go. We have we have Yeji's uh, Yeji's attractive uh, attraction check for the for the episode, and
1: it's going to be a lot more than just that one though. <laughs> There's more on the
0: way. This is the movie for the whole checklist to to to, to be done. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: No, um, I actually agree with you. I think that this um this movie came out at a point where. There was a lot going on for the Asian American community within media, um, but I do think that this was a turning point for like Asians in Hollywood specifically. I think that a lot of people were talking about how like this is the only Hollywood movie that's come out that's been like as big as you know other movies in the box office and stuff that um, had a completely Asian cast and the last movie that had been that was the joy luck club (laughs) uh which came out a long ass time ago so you know that like it's been it's been a while since we've had this kind of just solid really solid representation in hollywood specifically like in the american sphere of entertainment and i think that this movie really sort of set the groundwork for other bigger films and tv shows that came out even this year like beef on netflix or um even everything everywhere all at once right Mm -hmm. um it's just really sort of like put down the you know the concrete and let it dry a little bit before all these movies sort of like came after it which i think is really really cool um i do think that it's interesting that you mentioned like the rise of k-pop and k-dramas and stuff in entertainment in america before this sort of resurgence within hollywood specifically happened because i think that the plot of crazy rich asians is literally the plot of almost every (laughs) k-drama i've ever seen but it's just with asian americans instead of
0: Mm.
1: Asian like koreans and it's like set in singapore instead of korea but the idea that there's like this really rich guy and he falls in love with a really poor girl and brings her to meet the family and the family fucking hates her because they think that she's a gold digger and then at the end she gets the last laugh because she gets the ring on her finger it's like the plot of every single (laughs) (laughs) it's like the plot of every single k-drama that i've seen like airs is like that um There's literally just always like a rich guy and he always falls in love with a poor girl and her family. His family always hates her and it's always like the plot of the movie or the show. Um, So I have my own thoughts about this and my own theories about this, but what do you think differs from seeing like a K-drama with this plot versus like having an Asian American story that has this plot specifically? I'm
0: sorry to say, but I have not watched a single K-drama and you can feel free to hate me now. You know what? It's okay. Nobody's perfect.
1: Um, This is my
0: fatal flaw. This is my heroic. This is the beginning of my heroic tragedy right here.
1: Uh. Exposing yourself for scrutiny on the internet. Yeah. For not watching
0: K dramas. I'll 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 get to it. That's a
1: fair. That's a fair reason for people to tear into you, though. I gotta say, I gotta say, if anyone's gonna roast you, it's this is my cancelable trait
0: right here. <laughs> yeah, so I cannot answer that question because I have not watched a single K drama. I will get to it. I'll get to it. We have a we you have a whole podcast to make excuses to watch K dramas. So
1: <laughs> this is true. This is true. That was the reason our podcast was created. Actually, was just so that we could watch fun things. Actually,
0: like re-
1: and hopefully get money for it. Later. Not
0: even a joke. <laughs> not even a joke. Please send us money. <laughs> <laughs> Send us money so we can watch more shit.
1: Please send us money, please. <laughs> um, okay, that's a fair that's a fair assessment, but um, I guess just like in general, even though you haven't watched a K drama, just like what do you think is the difference between having like an Asian American piece of art and having an Asian piece of art that are doing the same thing, but um, like how do you think the particular environment in which that is being consumed, like how do you think that changes the narrative? Uh
0: well for for like one, I think it like I think I would suspect that like the characterization like changes a little for for the uh for the main character, especially since she's like an American and all that stuff uh there's like a little hints of like um dealing with like the fact that like you're kind of i i don't like i said I don't watch k dramas, but I do imagine there are like elements in this story about the main character. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name but it's not important for now um, <laughs> there are elements of her character going to asia and like kind of like struggling with what her culture is right that i find like subtle but like really interesting in the movie because like the matter of the fact is that like she's never going to completely belong in in singapore right uh in a lot of the ways that like we as asian americans you know we grew up here we were raised here mm-hmm. like a lot of our cultural like ideas come from come from america like we we fundamentally even though we look asian like like we will never be able to like mm-hmm. truly completely fit in in asia and i think like mm-hmm. i think that's something that the movie gets to pull off in like this like parallel way with like money as well right like, like she's not mm-hmm. only feeling out of the water because she doesn't have old money like like the mm-hmm. like her fiance's family does but she's also feeling out of place because she doesn't have like the culture yeah. of it too Right. And I think that's yeah. why like uh we get like certain scenes like like the mahjong scene, which is like resonantly powerful in those ways, not just because it's a money mm-hmm. thing, but also because it's a cultural thing.
1: hmm I absolutely agree with you. I think that there are um there are just elements to this film that in commentary in this film that you just wouldn't be able to find in a piece of art that has been made like in Asia for Asians. Mm. Um there is I don't want to say like it's just it's oblivion right like those pieces of art they aren't trying to tell Asian American stories so they don't so it's just they're just stories with Asian people in them right and like while that is powerful in and of itself there are things that like only Asian American artists can really pull off in terms of speaking to an experience and talking about like why is this important and like why does this mean so much to so many people and what does this mean and how would this affect like seeing this kind of scene with this specific character in it what is that going to do not just to an asian person but like an asian american person specifically um So, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned that, like, it was coming at a time where, like, Asian art in general was just becoming big. But I do think that there is something significant about this movie in that it was, like, made for Asian Americans and not just Asians in general. Um, In terms of portrayal, right, there are quite a few character archetypes (laughs) in this movie. Um, And I'm wondering how you feel about that, just just that like how do you feel about character archetypes in general do you think the movie did a good job with their character archetypes or like all that man
0: like i have like such mixed feelings on this because like on one hand Uh
1: uh-huh we got like me too
0: (laughs) hot asians (laughs) everywhere and like i love that because like asians typically don't get cast in like the archetype of like just like hot people in general in, in like hollywood stuff that's true right so like i'm actually pretty happy with the fact that like even though some of these archetypes are a bit shallow as far as like how these characters work it's fine uh-huh. because like we don't ever get to see it right so, so i'll take like the shallow like like the, the the fiance in the movie i think is like a pretty one-dimensional character but like i'll fucking take it because like we just yeah. don't get to see that we like 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 hollywood like if you're white you get to see like all sorts of like you get to see your characters in one dimension two dimensions three dimensions you get to see them in all the dimensions right uh for mm-hmm. for for like asian americans it's like you don't always get to see that so like <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. i don't like like just getting the one dimension is like a cool thing in its own right even if it's like not that mm-hmm. great uh on the mm-hmm. other hand the comic relief in this movie it's like it's the same comic relief that we always get when it comes to asian characters i'm not saying asian characters shouldn't be comic relief i'm just saying like mm-hmm. it does not break any ground with chem with Ken Jeong and like Aquafina, like it doesn't like, mm-hmm. like like they play the characters that they always play, and mm-hmm. like I don't know like like I I wish for something that feels like it wants okay okay I f- I don't know what the movie wants to have been a a a revelation or a revolution in like f- film for Asian Americans, but that is how it is viewed. Uh, and I feel yeah. like for a movie that is that way, it it really, I think, backpedals a little bit in, like, having Aquafina and, like, Ken Jung like, just play their, like, normal, like, Asian stereotype comic relief stuff. Like, like this is the shit that we've always seen. It's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not particularly interesting to me, right? And, mm-hmm. like, th- there are yeah. so many more dimensions you can do to have an Asian comic relief character and, like, they just really don't do that here, which is, like, fine. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. like, I would I would have wanted if I were in charge. I would have wanted to take it a different way. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think that I I think that the biggest part of a film like this that I was actually discovering a little bit like after I'd seen it and I watched like other films with these same people in it is that um, like. A lot of Asian Americans find like their success in stand up comedy, mm-hmm. which I did not like I didn't really like know that until I watched Crazy Rich Asians and I started watching like Ronnie Chang and Aquafina and like these people that, you know, that are considered comedians, right? That are big in the entertainment industry, but then they get cast in these movies where they are required to play comedic relief because that's their job. Mm. Right? Um and like you'll see in the movie too, like Ronnie Chang. Ronnie Chang just plays himself. Like there's no <laughs> there's no dimensionality to his character either. He just plays like a rich asshole. Um Ken Jong, I agree with you. Same with Aquafina. I think that they did I think that what they did with Aquafina though was like it was coded in a way that I could like genuinely respected just cuz like for one this was like one of her big sort of like breakout breakout roles mm-hmm. like she got oceans 8 after this um she got Like, she got signed to a ton of movies after this movie, right? So this was really her breakout role. And I think that she did very well in putting herself out there for her first movie. Um, I think she very much established, like, this is what I can do. This is what I'm good at. And, like, if you need a character that wants to do this, then, like, I'm your gal for Mm -hmm. that, right? Like, I will bring 120% to this character specifically. And I think that's why she got Ocean's 8. I think that's why she ended up booking all of those other movies as well, right? Like... She is good at what she does, and I think she showcased that very well. Um, I did. Th- I do think it came at like the minor expense of being very stereotypical comic relief, but like, um, I think that like for what she was asked to do, she executed. Yeah, it very, I think very they well. did good. And I just, I just yeah, like yeah, yeah.
0: kind of wish the that, that was not the material that they were given. You know, like yeah, like, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think exactly. they all. I think in this movie, all the actors did fucking excellent jobs right but uh-huh. it's just like it's just like you know if you're if you're writing this type of movie and and like i said before i don't think that they knew that this movie was going to be as much of an asian american cornerstone as it is right but mm-hmm. if i was writing the movie knowing that it would become such an asian american cornerstone i would have pushed a little harder on on breaking down like what we can do with like asian comic reliefs right and like trying something mm-hmm. a little different yeah. i think i think that would be good
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i definitely agree with you on that um so we did mention comic relief but i think that's something that was really big for this film for a lot of kids watching was to see asian people like looking cool (laughs) um so how how did you feel about the representation of like money in crazy rich asians because like rich is literally part of the title (laughs) so like um how do you think like the show and display of wealth that this movie needed to have to like come across as like because I mean, in every movie where there's wealthy people, you have to have like a couple scenes where you're like, ah, yes, like they're this kind of rich. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and there are there are a couple of scenes like that in this in this movie. Um, the one that comes to mind, I think, uh, like the one that comes to the front of my mind is the one where Gemma chan or astrid as she's called in the movie um walks into a jewelry store and um the guy's like talking about how her wearing one of his pieces would be like better advertisement than he could ever buy and so he's letting the earrings go at like cost and it's like five million dollars and you're just like well, that's at cost that's like that's just the bait i will wow. never make that you much know, money in
0: my life what are you talking about
1: yeah yeah so like there's definitely like a good amount of that um in the movie um so how do you think that this sort of specifically seeing those kinds of scenes with asian people in them like did did you find that in any way revolutionary what are your thoughts i thought so like you
0: know me i have like strong opinions about money (laughs) yeah Uh, pretty sure
1: i am not a capitalist i am pretty sure
0: (laughs) we made it up um but also i cannot deny despite all of my strong opinions about money that it was kind of pretty cool to see uh asian success in that way uh because like i think growing up um the way i did uh that was always like the aspiration to not just have money but to have generational wealth right Mm -hmm. to 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 maybe not get that for myself but to get that for like people down the line right and Mm -hmm. i think growing up you find quite quickly that like that Mm -hmm. shit probably not going to happen without a lot of like Mm -hmm. luck (laughs) and a a Mm -hmm. lot of shit going the right way no matter how hard you work right like like
1: yeah absolutely
0: you work hard you'll do well for yourself you probably won't starve but you're never going to make like generational wealth the type of money that these people have um so in a way like it's kind of like fulfilling like that like feeling of like having that you know like like, like, i am quite Mm -hmm. sure right that i will never be able to like hit generational wealth like that uh so like that dream just kind of like been abandoned, and then there's also a lot of other reasons, not just like it's impossible, but also like the exploitative nature of like making that type of money. But like also, but also like there's also monkey brain part of me where it's just like, nah. But it's also like really cool to see like just to see like Asian people monkey actually have it, right? Me. Because like because like yeah. we we don't get to see like Asian people have that type of wealth and success like here in America, right? Like 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 I mean I mean you see it sometimes yeah. with like people, I can't think of any, but I'm I'm quite sure they exist right um but you don't really see them in like your everyday communities right uh you don't see them in like media being depicted like that right yeah um that 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 type of level of success in which like in which they have more than just money but they also have power and they also have like the ability to just like live that type of lifestyle right Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. like like there's a part of me that's just like actually yeah that's like like kind of cool but also but also no (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah i think that i think what you're hitting on is absolutely true like just having that baseline of representation is important um for me i think that you know if we like we are viewing this movie a lot and we're talking about it a lot just in terms of like what it's doing for the community but like if you look at it like just on a plot level um i actually think that this movie does less money moving than other movies that i've seen that do money moving um Mm just in terms of the way that they make everything just seem very like classy and very like given. Mm. Um I think that there are ways to do this kind of wealth establishment in media where it's like you draw is a very fine line between like being tacky rich and being like rich rich like oh fuck they're that rich kind of rich, like right? Old money and you rich, yeah. Yeah. And what I really like about this is that uh, what I like about what this movie did with Wealth specifically is that they do like both, right? They, They have Astrid walking into the jewelry store and like getting earrings that cost $5 million, and then they also have, like, Paik Lynn and her family who are, like, tacky rich and do the thing where, like, I don't know, she makes a joke about how, like, her house looks like Donald Trump's bathroom with, like, the gold and everything, and I, I was like, that's, that's actually really funny. Um, just because, like, there is... There is like analysis between like new money and old money, mm-hmm. right? And the way that old money spends their money versus the way that new money spends their money and the way that new money is always trying to prove that they have money. Whereas old money, they're always trying to kind of hide their money and be very private about it because they're afraid of being envied. This is actually a really, um, I'm getting this from, like, a really great video um, mm. from ContraPoints about envy and, like, wealth, specifically in the United States. Um, but when you kind of do reframe this movie as, like, an Asian-American experience, there's a lot of commentary here on, like, the difference between the kind of money that our parents want us to have and the kind of money that uh, America expects us to make. And the way that, like, we're expected to kind of show that off. Um I think the bachelor party in the movie is actually a really great indicator of this where, um, what I, he's played by Jimmy Yang, but I don't know what his character's (laughs) name is supposed to be. Bernard, Bernard played by Jimmy Yang, like takes, um, nick young and like his buddy on you know to his bachelor party and it's just like this huge show of ostentatious wealth right like they have a barge in the middle of fucking international waters and they just throw an absolute rager right Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff costs a lot of money but it's a different kind of wealth and a different look like it's a different outlook on money than like astrid buying five million dollar earrings or the way that like Um, Michelle Yeoh's character. What's her name? Eleanor. Um, Eleanor, Nick Young's mom, like the way that Miss Young looks at wealth as well, right? Like there's a very different kind of interaction of like wealth and how people look at money. And there's just really interesting commentary there and they don't overdo it in being like, oh, like you see this, like look at this, like pointing at this and being like, look, like commentary, it's so cool. But it's just this very subtle, like... Okay, so there's, like, this kind of rich, and then there's this kind of rich, and as an audience, we're just kind of like, okay, like, these are the differences, and when you look at it closer, there's just a lot more there to be analyzed, which I think is really cool. So, yeah, just, like, a couple things there that I did not want to touch on in terms of, like, money moves, right? Um... So, like, the visibility of it, right? But I don't think they overdo the visibility of it. Um, The difference between, like, old money and new money, right? And the way they kind of analyze that. And also, like, just the way that us as, like, Americans particularly look at the differences between those kinds of wealth and, like... Which one we sort of resonate with more? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, like the wealth that I'm used to seeing, like on social media and whatnot, is the kind of wealth that like Bernard is showing off, right? Like big parties and, you know, just trying your best to show off how much money you have, um, versus like this very silent, like moves in the shadows money that we don't see much of at all. Mm-hmm. Um I just think that like the differences and the similarities between those two is just really interesting and um i think the way that they do it was proper because it is a love story at the end of the day Mm. right like it is a romance so they can't spend time really being like look at this like wonderful political like socio-political commentary that we have for you today right they just kind of like drop it in at different intervals um And I think it works. Like I think it works really well with what they're trying to do. It's like a seamless integration into the story. So we're not like confused as to why they're showing, like, why are you showing me a party seat? Well, it's a bachelor party, right? So like, it's going to be a rager. It's going to be crazy. Um, Why are you showing me Astrid, like going to the, you know, jeweler? It's because, you know, we're trying to establish like how rich Nick Young's family is, right? Like there are plot reasons why these things are happening. It's not just that they're like, they just put these scenes in just for commentary, you know. Um, so I can appreciate that as well. Uh, um, did you have any last thoughts on it?
0: I actually find it to be a very like interesting topic because like a lot of Asian Americans growing up here, right? Like I don't want to say it, but like money is like a thing that's like probably on our minds more than it should be, right? Because like <laughs> because like uh, because like the American dream and stuff like that. Like our parents are trying to build generational wealth right and it oftentimes turns into what look like that new money look because like you know we're like like boat people you know like immigrants like like it cannot be old money right Mm -hmm. uh and and i i think it's a conversation that like gets really interesting because like a lot of like us asian americans like then have to navigate like this like feeling of like of like wanting to make money but also having to, to deal with like the idea that like we will never be old money at least not in our lifetimes right by mm-hmm. the nature yeah. of what old money is like like it literally cannot happen within our generation <laughs> right yeah Um. so like I find like the depictions of like new money like quite interesting in that way right mm-hmm. Um, and like you seem to like it I'm not like the biggest fan of how it is done in the movie right because okay. like because like it's often played off as like for like jokes right like 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 especially with aquafina's characters like family right i forget what the characters names are right but but it (laughs) it really is like played off a lot of jokes and i'm not saying the movie needs to like be doing like deep analysis on why like people act this way but like people do act this way for very interesting complex reasons there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of like Fear and anxiety and like shit that like goes into like the w- the way the why you would spend money that way the why you would act like that like why you would like gold plate like your entire bathroom <laughs> right yeah. why why it like looks tacky and stuff like that right? as as you mentioned like it yeah. earlier right and like I'm not saying this this movie this movie's a romance like it does not have to deal with these like things uh mm-hmm. but uh, but I also feel like like the depiction of it is is quite one-dimensional right and it and it like mm-hmm. really erases like these like interesting things to let talk about um mm-hmm. same thing with like the old money stuff right like there are a lot of reasons why like those people act in certain ways right and like mm-hmm. a lot of questions about like how they have that money how they continue to hold on to that money and stuff like that uh but this mm-hmm. is also not like socialist propaganda so like i'm not expecting it to uh <laughs> to, <laughs> <get> the topic. <laughs> um <laughs> But like, fair,
1: but fair. in its
0: what I'm saying is like in its depiction of like old money versus new money, like I feel like, um, they could have done, done more, and not that they need to have done more, but like, uh, they could, they could have. have right, and and maybe there is a spot somewhere later for some other piece of art, media, to 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 examine this right, and and I would like and I would like to see it done, right, um, well well I think Hollywood. An old money institution do that? I'm not convinced, <laughs> but uh, that's what we have indie filmmakers
1: for. So <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. We can have our fingers crossed and um, whatnot. But yeah, I I agree with that as well. Like, while I do think that they did, you know, a a good enough job with it. There, I mean, it does leave a lot, you know, to be wanting. But I try to give it the benefit of the doubt because I know that like it is a romance movie. So there's like. There's just time Hmm. reasons why they can't, like, get into the, you know, nitty-gritty of it. But um, I think overall, this speaks to um, a kind of, like, larger and more interesting aspect of, like, wealth just in terms of, like, being Asian. But, like, I don't know about your mom, but my mom's obsessed with money. Like, I don't want (laughs) to. Like, it's, I mean, I don't, that makes her sound very shallow. But, like. When my mom looks at, like, success, she thinks of wealth, yeah. right? Um, and she makes that very clear to me every time we have conversations about, like, my future. She's like, you need to make a lot of money. You need, like, if you want to be happy, and you want to be, like, successful, and you want to be comfortable in this world, you need money. And to be honest with you, I don't disagree with her. <laughs> uh, but it is, like, it is a, it is, I know it's a common, like, idea that a lot of asian american parents tend to think this way or asian parents tend to think this way and like their asian american kids sort of get the brunt of that and um like kind of mold their expectations of success around wealth so like what do you think i don't
0: disagree with you but i would like to offer perhaps an explanation right because because i think you're 100% (laughs) correct i think a lot of the ways that like we grew up as asian americans success is defined by like money, right, and having things and being able to show that money, right? Um and and I would imagine the reason is because like a lot of our parents they came here as immigrants, right? And when you have and like money doesn't buy happiness except like not really, right? Because like because mm-hmm. um someone said it really well, I forgot who it was, but they said like money doesn't buy happiness, but money does buy things that alleviate stressors, right? So so for our parents going from like dirt poor, literally dirt poor, like literally off the boat with like dollars in their pockets, money did buy happiness in a way, right? They like, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's 100% true. Right. Um, But so, so, so like, so like they genuinely not only think, but have seen the fact that money did buy happiness in a lot of ways right Mm -hmm. what they don't i think then understand is that like after a certain point money no longer buys happiness money just puts you into Mm -hmm. a wealth bracket in which now you have to compete against other wealthy people in order to show off your wealth and i think like that is the tension here that comes with um that are the immigrant generation and then the generation after the immigrants right because like the immigrant generation literally money did make their lives tangibly better less stressful and happier and then they gave that to us. We no longer grow up like that. Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of us now grow up trying to get being raised with the idea that money will continue to buy happiness. Right. But we are actually at the point in which mm-hmm. money no longer buys happiness. Right. We, mm-hmm. we are at the point in which other things have more value. Right? And mo- more money. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of very interesting studies. Right. But after a certain point, money actually just like kind of makes your life worse. Right. Um, (laughs) right
1: well yeah and like when it does come down to talking about money in terms of like making lives better and worse like of course our parents especially if they were immigrants like they have a very specific interaction with wealth and Mm. money because they usually came from a country that was being bombed like yeah and like people with power and money were like exploiting people with lesser yeah. right and so they come to a country of it's labeled as like a country of opportunity and opportunity for them is like wealth and power you know mm-hmm. the influence that you can have if you just are in an, a specific tax bracket right um like i think it's really interesting like ronnie Chiang did a bit about this in like one of his netflix specials and which he talks about like like, why do Asian parents want their kids to be doctors, right? Like, why is that, like, a thing? Mm. And it's, like, it's about the money and the prestige. Because there's no way, there's no quicker way to get money and prestige and be in a certain tax bracket in one generation. You can turn it all around in one generation if your kid becomes a doctor. And I think that's true. Mm. Like, I think that's why, that's why so many parents put an emphasis on, like, you have to, you know, get a good job that makes a lot of money. It's this wealth aspect that has to do with, like, the generations after you. And sort of fulfilling like what they believe is their purpose of like making wealth and power Mm. right um and it's sad but it's it's a true and real and very like common experience um that a lot of us have dealt with Um, yeah and i think
0: just like the disconnect between like those two generations is really that like like our generation like because we grew up with like a lot more than our parents did we get to see money not yield the same rewards right, that, mm-hmm. that that our parents' generation did. Like, we, we do not get to see, like, that immense, tangible benefit, right? And I think that's why, like, sometimes we have a really hard mm-hmm. time talking to our parents and explaining our, like, situations, like, with them, right? It's like, it's like, yeah, I can be a doctor to build more generational wealth, but, like, do I, like, even want to be building generational wealth? Is that actually, like, a worth-it goal? And for them, it is, because, like, it works. It clearly does, right? But for mm-hmm. us, it's like, you know, like, we we grew up well enough in which we can start to think and dream about like other things and like maybe general building generational wealth mm-hmm. isn't actually like the thing that like is what we find meaningful in life whereas like for them like you know like it's it's, it's a lot more cut and clear like like they, they saw it happen mm-hmm. right yeah uh, and i guess that's the thing yeah. like i really want to emphasize is that like 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 i'm not excusing the way that like things happen and like the expectations and like kind of like the messed up ways in which those get into our heads and mess us up but but mm-hmm. I, I I try to offer an explanation for it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I agree. I think that it's easy to look at something and be like, "Oh, like it's just for my parent's generation. And I don't really understand it." And I don't have to because I'm not part of that generation anymore. Mm-hmm. But it is worth it to kind of look at these things and be like, "Where does that come from? Why is that a thing?" Um, my last point on this money thing and i'd love to hear what you have to kind of think about that so like just in terms of the plot of crazy rotations as a movie um you mentioned that like you kind of wish that they had done more with how you know they display wealth and you know just you wish that you they had done like a little bit more in that area so like what would you have changed like what do you think is a more comprehensive way to look at like money and how would you depict that in a piece of media like this
0: Mm. For this story, I'm not sure.
1: Perhaps I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Perhaps I'm like, fix it. <laughs> for the, for... if it's so wrong, then
0: fix it. For this story, like, I don't think there is like much change because, like, at the end of the day, it's a romance. Like, I, like, I'm not, I'm not expecting like philosophical, like sociological, like explorations into, into like wealth and money and and stuff like that in this movie. So like, like, there, there, like any change you make inherently like detracts a bit from 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 what the actual point is of the movie <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but like i i guess like i don't know like
1: yeah i don't know that's a good I, answer i guess
0: <laughs> then if i were like in charge and like small change i think i can make without like Completely changing the form of the movie, so like maybe like not have like Aquafina's like family and like her character like be as much of a of the comedic butt of the joke for like how they act like like there there's way to do comedies in which different parts are are the actual punchline right and I feel like a lot of the punchlines mm-hmm. for like Aquafina's character and her family right was that like was it like all the like their new money shenanigans and how like how it's like you know um how how ridiculous it looks right and they do do a couple of times in the movie where they like break they where aquafina's character kind of does like explain the difference between old and new money and i think those are really interesting maybe have more of those right mm-hmm. uh explain like like the difference and explain how like man like i think i think something with like asian americans and the relationship with like old and new money is that like a lot of us growing up asian american kind of like Realize that like we're not gonna get old money. Like <laughs> like yeah. not in not in our lifetimes at least, right?
1: Yeah, we already kind of decided that that wasn't really like a feasible goal. Uh-huh.
0: And like yeah. I don't know. I kinda wanna see uh the main characters I will remember her name. Uh Rachel. Rachel I, I do I do kinda want like like, like I, I think it would have been kinda cool to like see her like address that and like talk about it, right? And like because because she is at she is at the intersection of that of that actually right like, like, like she yeah. has worked all her life she's a successful economics professor she probably makes like decent money she probably is new money right she's she's in academia mm-hmm. like she's probably doing well for herself and like um but also like they, they talk a lot about the social aspects of it but i maybe want to see them talk about like the economic aspects of it and what she's like and mm-hmm. what she genuinely at some point is like dang like no matter how hard i work I will never be as rich as like Nick, Like, 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 like that. that type of yeah. wealth and power is never going to be accessible to me, right? Mm-hmm. And
1: I I, I, I think it's. Sorry, go ahead, Fish. Uh, I was
0: gonna say I don't even think I need to come up with an answer or anything, right? Yeah. Um, just to kind of like put that out there, and like just have that feeling out there because because you know me and art, I think art is really good in the way it helps vocalize feelings that we have inside. Even if it doesn't give us an Mm -hmm. answer, it just gives us something to say, shit, like, yeah, I felt that, right? Just to have Mm -hmm. her say that, I think, or, or, or like, some part of the story, like, allude to that, I think would have been, like, I don't know, like, a cool cathartic thing to, like, see depicted Mm -hmm. in media.
1: Yeah. I do think that, like, there's also room for that to have happened with Nick which is what I was saying. Like, you mentioned Nick, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, he's a character. I forgot <laughs> he's about He's such that. a, like... A... Um, He's, like, he's just the himbo. He is, he is like, the girl in other yeah, movies. Yeah, he didn't even I mean? look good. I, which I love, like, which I really genuinely love. Like, I'm glad that they didn't have, like, him really take the wheel... Me too. ...in any, like, necessary... Like, he wasn't, like, at the forefront of, like, all of the shit that was happening with the story. Like, really, it was Rachel and Eleanor and Astrid and yeah. like yeah like it was you know mostly them he's a, he's inciting incident so, that that is what he is <laughs> yeah he really is he like started the plot and then fucked off um i think that there's something interesting that could have been done with nick there and you were talking about like the way that they might have like played that with rachel but i argue that like the way that they kind of start with nick right is that like he's a super rich kid like living on his own in a city that it, without his family right And, like, he is basically, like, pretending to be poor. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a couple of things that Rachel mentions of, like, you literally, like, play basketball at the Y that smells really bad. And, like, you refuse to get a gym membership (laughs) and blah, blah, blah. And, like, and I think there's something really interesting about, like, the way that he chooses to live his life in light of being as rich as he is, like... And they don't ever talk about it in the movie, like, physically, right? Which, again, I think is, like, it's for plot reasons, right? Like, the plot isn't about Nick living his life in America. Um, The plot is about, like, his love story with Rachel. So, like, obviously, they spend more time on that. But I think it would have been really interesting for them to, like, have taken a second to be, like, why is it that poor people, like, rich people like to pretend that they're poor? Or, like, (laughs) what is going on here in the psyche of somebody who has grown up their entire lives rich and has lived their life most of their life right like never wanting for anything right like why do they want to live like this and like i think it's it kind of goes back to like what you were saying about like after a certain amount of money your life just becomes really miserable and hard (laughs) and i think that his character embodies that in a really sad way um you just see him really struggle with the fact that he is a part of his family Mm -hmm. and if they had wanted to spend a little bit more time on that and dissecting it, I think that Nick's character would have been a really great avenue for, like, talking about wealth and the different things that it does to people. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm more convinced now that you say it like that, that it could have been done. <laughs> like, like, like be- yeah. before you asking me how I would change it, and I'm like, I'm not quite sure. But now that you put it like this, his character is actually a great avenue to explore questions like this and mm-hmm. and without without fucking up the plot too much, right? Like Like, because, like, he's yeah. already kind of not doing shit, you know? Doing anything. <laughs> so, 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 having him, like, ruminate on some of that. And it's, like, some of it's there, right? Because he's, like, willing to, like, leave his family and, like, stuff for, 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 uh, Yeah. For Rachel. <laughs> Rachel.
1: You'll get it. Normal. You'll get it. <laughs>
0: um, so, 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 I think some of it's there. Um, and... That would have actually really been really cool to to see. Maybe it's in the books, but it's definitely not in the movies. Um, I mm. also see like Hollywood as like the type of institution. It is. It's just like I'm not going to ever expect something like that from
1: Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like Holly, Like Yeah. I yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I I would love to think that like they had all these ideas down on paper and it was just some asshole Hollywood exec. I was like, no, this thing can't sell. Um, <laughs> that's not how it works. I'm not sad. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know about this one, guys. I just don't think it's realistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we've talked about money. We've talked about comedy. About, about money. Like it
0: might sound. From my conversations about this that i'm like jealous of like yeah new money old money i'm gonna be real i don't fucking want money <laughs> i don't even yeah, want new money yeah. I, i'm gonna live yeah. under a bridge <laughs> uh i think i, I that, think that's a dimension that the movie kind of misses it's for like we're talking about new money old money but there's also the option of just like having enough
1: and that's cool too yeah
0: um and like yeah. no no one really that, in this movie just like is okay with just having enough
1: i i think that they kind like eh, touch ish on that with like nick at the very end right Mm -hmm. like when he's like no like i am set on being with this girl and like if it means that i can't have her i'm gonna move back to the states i'm gonna give up like my ownership of the company and i'm gonna go chase Mm -hmm. her like you guys don't realize how serious this is and like i think that him kind of putting that ultimatum in front of his mother was like ultimately the reason why his mother like you know made the decision that she did where she was like okay well like if that's the choice like obviously i want to keep you in my life right which is like good but um they like barely touch on it he doesn't ever really talk about it it's just kind of like assumed Mm -hmm. um but i i do agree with you i think that there is like there's money there there's new money old money no money and then there's like the other option which is like being middle class and being happy being middle class um though uh <laughs> contra points has a good point about um like middle class and middle class wealth and like how that kind of in and of itself is like a really interesting thing and like middle class people are usually the unhappiest actually yeah. between you know having money and having no money um but like, there is the option of like having enough to be satisfied, um, and satisfaction is just something that like our culture does not promote anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: There, you know? there are some like really interesting sociological like economic studies that like I would love to talk about. But like, <laughs> but uh-huh. now, but now we're just turning into a into a, a classroom.
1: <laughs> we're turning into a finance we're just, podcast. We're turning into a finance podcast. <laughs> and and okay, listen, man, listen, listen, bro, like.
0: <laughs> but i'll just put it out there there is a lot of very interesting research about money and happiness the relationship between the two right i would recommend mm-hmm. if you're interested go look it up um and I, I we just don't have the time to recap it all here <laughs> but it's it's fair it's enough very interesting research
1: mm-hmm. it is indeed <laughs> Link it link it in the description below, bro.
0: <laughs> I'll look for it. I'll look it while I'm editing the podcast.
1: Awesome. Okay. Um, so
0: I feel like we've talked a lot about a lot of things. But like this is a yes. romance movie.
1: Are you <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was literally just about to say that. Oh, my God. The way I was like, we've talked a lot about a lot of other stuff, but, like, this is a rom-com at the end of the day, so give me your opinions on love. The way I was just about to fucking say that, bro. We have the same fucking brain cells. <laughs> All right, give it to uh, me. Lay it uh, on how... me. Tell me about love.
0: <laughs> I-, I was going to ask you, like, like how, how, how do you feel about, like, how romance is, like, done and depicted? uh in in this movie like do you like it do you not like is this is this a good romance uh i think we've done one romance on this podcast so far so always be my maybe so like better worse how are we feeling
1: i think that this does um i think it like okay because like always be my maybe it has like such a you know it has such a close like it's such a special place in Mm. my heart um and, like, as a romance comedy, I think that it does a lot in terms of, like, breaking some, you know, pretty established stereotypes of, like, what romance can be. And I think Crazy Rich Asians does that by leaning into the stereotypes. Yes. And I'm going to explain that. Um, this, like, story, right, of, like, the poor girl who, like, falls in love with a rich guy and, like, goes across the world and, like, meets family, family hates her. Like, that's a very common story template. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that they have taken the story template and made it something original, right? They've made it something into their own and they've sprinkled in like enough differences and enough like stereotype breakers within that story that I think do a lot to make the story something original without like really changing the core narrative narrative they like just change the perspective of it a little bit so for instance right um a lot of times when we get this view of a couple versus the parents right we don't ever see the parents side of things mm-hmm. with eleanor though in this movie we can very clearly see like why she doesn't like rachel and to be honest with you like she has a good reason not to like rachel yeah. um just in terms of the way that she's grown up right and the way that the expectations that have been on her shoulders like of course she doesn't like this rando who like lashed (laughs) onto her son who doesn't come from a place of like economic prosperity right like for her that's ringing all of the alarm bells in her head of like oh my son is going to get taken advantage Mm of right um and like i can understand that and like as you know, as much as I would like to say, like, oh, like, it's irrational, like, she just, she should have been accepting, blah, 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 like, if it was my son, and, like, I was in that economic position, right, like, if, if I was in that tax bracket, and I saw my son bring home, like, an economics professor, of all people, after having run away (laughs) to the United States, I would have been like, boy, you are, you are crazy, like, like, what the hell are you doing, Mm. right? Like, if that was my life, absolutely. It's completely rational for me to, like, understand why she doesn't like this. And in other pieces, I've seen the parents just become, like, the ultimate villain, right? Like, their side is given no sympathy, and even if it is, it's just like, oh, it's just irrational anyway, right? Like, um... So even just with that small perspective shift, the story becomes very different and adding in other elements of romance to that as well, like the flip of like Nick and Rachel. So we have like Astrid and her husband, Mm -hmm. right? Where like Astrid is the affluent one and her husband is the one that like didn't come from money and like kind of the differences between like how gender kind of plays a role in that as well Mm -hmm. like i think it's they don't spend a lot of time on it talking about astrid and her husband's relationship they really don't um it's a very minuscule part of the movie but it's very important because it shows you like how much grace that rachel really has for this entire situation and like the differences between her expectations and an expectation for like a man who came from nothing marrying into money, right? Like, it's a very different story. There's a lot of different elements at play there, but even adding that small story element into it, like juxtaposing Rachel and Nick's relationship between like Astrid and her husband's was like, it did volumes to proportionize the story and balance it out and make it into something that's actually intriguing to watch versus just being like a stereotype fest, which this movie is, (laughs) but I think it does it well, you Hmm. know? So, yeah. That's that's my take on it at least. What do you think? Yeah, I
0: think like on like a purely like romantic dramatic sense, like the movie does a really good job, you know, you stay on the edge of your seat, you're you're genuinely invested in the relationship, you're cheering for for Rachel and Nick to figure it out like 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 as as a piece of technical writing, like completely mm-hmm. here for it. I had a lot of fun with it, right? Like this is this is what I expect out of out of a out of a rom-com. Right. Uh it's it's mm-hmm. it's I was gonna say it's competent. It's more than competent. It's good, right? Uh, the thing I find really interesting about like the way like romance is like depicted in this in this um, movie in this film is like how like success and like wealth like play into your relationship dynamics, right? Because mm-hmm. like uh, the truth of the like, like I th- they're really trying to touch on it a lot with like Rachel Nick and then Asher and like her ex exes like relationship right Mm -hmm. where or not x at the moment but x by the end of the movie Mm -hmm. where um yeah where like uh, especially for for what's his name asher's husband or
1: i have no idea let me
0: see (laughs) well like um (laughs) his his problem is that like he has a lot of like inferiority going on in here because like because
1: is it Michael? michael it's michael
0: it's michael i'll forget michael. i'll forget you, you keep that up i will forget <laughs> um michael uh has like a lot of
1: that is such a white i'm it sorry it's is... such a white name. that's what i was
0: going through my head but i didn't want to be the first one to say it uh,
1: <laughs>
0: michael uh yeah but like his characters like both like is that like he is feeling a lot of infer- inferiority compared to like Astrid right because like his businesses Mm -hmm. like aren't doing really well like he's always having to deal with like the in-laws who like are always like making him feel like he's not particularly worthy of like being in a relationship Mm -hmm. with her right he tries really hard Mm -hmm. but he never finds the success that like asher does just by nature of being herself right like 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 Mm -hmm if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I watched a movie, but if I remember correctly, like, he there, he has this whole, like, kind of subplot where he's, like, trying to, like, start his own business and stuff like that. And, like, after it's being really yeah. supportive of him, right? But she's yeah. also, like, at the same time, just getting things easy because of her position, right? Like, like with, when we talk talking about the, the yeah. necklace or the jewelry. Yeah. Right? Where it's, like, just by her nature of being so influential already, right? Like, success just comes to her. Right? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really have to, like, deal with the fact that, like, the, the fear and the anxiety of working hard and then getting nothing for it. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, how that mentally yeah. strains their relationship. I think it's really fascinating, and I'm not sure what it says. I'm not sure what the movie's trying to say. Because the movie, on one hand, is like, uh, it's like, dude with the white name. <sighs> Michael? Michael. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, it says, like, it's not going to work. Michael, like, ended up cheating on Ashes because he could not handle it. But on the other hand, it's also kind of, like, saying that, like, but Rachel could pull it off, right? I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure what the movie yeah. thinks is like, like. Like, does the movie think that Rachel's going to end up like Michael, or does, or is there something special about Rachel that is going to make her be able to overcome that? And like, it feels like mm-hmm. sequel baiting. Like, 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 I imagine that is going mm-hmm. to be something that's explored in the sequel. But, but um, mm-hmm.
1: they are making a sequel, aren't they? I think there's like three I books, so that. like, yeah, there
0: probably will be. If I mean, it made a lot of money eight Asians yeah. Asians <laughs> got on that shit like like we we, we made it we made it work. That's um,
1: true. I got to watch that. I got to watch the um I got to read the books. I f- I forgot that it was based on a book. I got to read the books. Yeah. But I'm um, wondering
0: your opinions on like how like that type of relationship dynamic works. Not even just in this hyper rich scenario but like in in actual yeah. small scale relationships I do imagine things like this sometimes do happen where it's like yeah, one partner yeah. is like things are just working out so much better, right? And then the other mm-hmm. partner right things aren't working out and like like, I imagine that has to build some sort of feelings (laughs) involved
1: yeah (laughs) I think that um so a lot of people say that opposites attract and I would agree but in specific instances, mm-hmm. right? Um we look at Nick and Rachel and we see two people that are just very compatible. They come from very different backgrounds, they're very different people, they grew up very differently, their parents are very different, but like you can see it in their interactions that one, they love each other, and two that they're just they're compatible. They're compatible on a level that other people can't understand because it's between two people who love each other and who understand each mm. other. And Rachel didn't fall in love with Nick because of his money, right? She didn't even know about it. And that was very intentional on his part, Mm. right? It was very intentional on his part because he wanted to find somebody who would love him for him and he got that. And so at the end of the day, like his money was just a jump scare for (laughs) Rachel. Like her feelings, her love for him, her compassion for him and his life and him as a person and who she met and who she fell in love with are completely like they are completely unrelated to the fact that he has a lot of money whereas we look at like michael and astrid's relationship and it's kind of very clear that like he's had astrid's wealth thrown in his face mm-hmm. quite a bit yeah. um from her family from people who are around him right i'm sure that there are plenty of his friends who made jokes about like you know oh, like she wears the pants in the relationship as like dudes do yeah. you know um And, like, that's just something that I'm sure he found a lot of shame in when it was happening. Um, I do want to emphasize that, like, while it's understandable why he would be feeling upset about that, um, I do hope that it's a given that no matter how unhappy you are in a relationship... uh, for one, it's a frag—it's a very fragile man's ego that tells him that because his wife is more successful than him that he gets the excuse to sleep around and cheat on her. Mm-hmm. Second, it is also a very fragile man's ego that tells him that just because his wife is making more money than him, she's more affluent than him, more powerful than him, that he is no longer a man and he's entitled to just do douchey shit because he's not getting his way or he isn't being perceived as a man when he's with Astrid none of that is excusable I'm just explaining like where it comes from and like what probably happened and like as much as I can look at that and like understand and maybe empathize I don't sympathize with that at all um and I'm hoping that most people wouldn't either but um it's I think a compatibility thing Mm -hmm. right and When it comes down to, like, Nick and Rachel, their compatibility doesn't come from money, status, wealth, power. It doesn't come from something that, you know, they're able to sort of hold in their hands. It's this very, like, intangible chemistry that you can just see between them. And they love each other very much. Mm -hmm. With Astrid and Michael, I think that it is, like kind of implied that they started out that way but even from the very first scene you can kind of tell that there's like a very obvious strain on their relationship like Astrid hides away all of the things that she buys she doesn't like to like go on shopping sprees and like show him what you know he she bought which like I don't know about you but For most of the guys that I've ever dated slash talked to, like, if you go shopping, they want to see what you got.
0: Yes, for all the guys I I dated, yes, yes. (laughs) I
1: I don't know if that's, like, I don't know if that's a common thing, but, like, every time I've, like, told a guy that I'm going shopping, he's like, oh, like, send me pictures later. Like, we have to do, like, a haul later or something like that, you know? Like... I, I think that it just speaks volumes about the way that she, like, hides away her things and hides her wealth and hides the things that she's passionate about, the things that she loves, um, in order to make him feel more like a man. And, like, she says that at the very end of the mm-hmm. film, right? Like, it's not my job to make you feel like a man. And that's what she's been doing. She's been putting all that responsibility on herself when it's not her, it's not her problem. It's not her like, it's, it's literally his ego problem, right? And so, like... I think that that is really the fundamental difference between it, right? It's, like, if we're talking about just on a base level, I think the chemistry between Nick and Rachel is very different. But also, um, the interactions that they have throughout the course of the movie and the implications, like, within all of those things just goes to show you that, like, when it comes to this sort of, like, gender dynamic, like, Astrid and Michael were doomed, kind of, from the very beginning, right? Because, like a man's fragile ego is going to get in the way of a lot of things. And like Rachel just doesn't have a fragile man ego because she's not a man. (laughs) So like, she just has, I don't know. I think that like, it is implied that she has more like grace and poise about the whole thing because like, that's what women are required of them by society to have. Mm. Like you're just supposed to have grace for stressful and frustrating ass situations. And like Michael's situation wasn't even that frustrating and it wasn't even that hard, but he just couldn't hack it and like yeah i think it's yeah
0: i think like i have two things to say but um one right like like you know like like um you know we, we do philosophy and stuff like that and like <gasps> in,
1: in, in, philosophy in a lot of
0: feminist studies like we do like gen we we, we talk about like gender dynamics and stuff like that but we mostly talk about it from the way that like patriarchy affects women right but like with any type of like uh, power structure system like this i uh, other like the people who sometimes benefit from it also get affected in a lot of ways in which I think it's important to talk about, right? Um, Mm -hmm. How does patriarchy harm men, right? Um, And, like, in some ways, it feels like a really ridiculous thing to ask, right? Because it's, like, Mm -hmm. men benefit from it. But, like, also, I'm going to argue, and this might be a little controversial, that, like, some, like, men do get hurt by it, too, right? And I think Mm -hmm. this is how, like, the male, like, ego, this fragile male ego about wealth and success gets built, right? Because, like, if men are always expected by like a patriarchal system to always, to define their success by wealth and power and stuff like that, men mm-hmm. will always be miserable because like that, that, yeah. that is, that is a forever moving goalpost. You will, you will never mm-hmm. actually be able to accumulate enough wealth or power yep. to actually feel satisfied yep. with your life. Like, like, like pursuing this yep. line of thinking is fundamentally going to always make it's you miserable. Right. And I think that's why yeah. like, like, a lot of men are actually really miserable. Like, I, I don't know about <laughs> other countries, but, like, I do know in America, like, men kill themselves a lot. Right? Um, and I think part of the problem is because, like, is is because, like, we are, we are raised to expect, to define certain levels of success in these ways. Like, like, like what makes, mm-hmm. like, like, you if, if you, like, look at, like, men's self-help things on YouTube. Yeah. Right? What are the things that are always telling you to do? Mm-hmm. Telling you to make more money. They're telling you to get more power. They're telling you to, like, work out and look better. Right, what's the common thing mm-hmm. about all these three things is that they are fundamentally on un- never ending goals, right? Yeah. You can always build more muscle, you can always have more money, you can always have more power, right? Like this yeah. shit actually is not going to make you feel better. It's not going to make you feel better in your life. It's not going to make you feel like you've actually achieved anything. You are always fighting the current, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and I think you're right. Like like Rachel does not have to fucking deal with that shit. Like like <laughs> like like, the way yeah. she was raised and socialized has its own problems, right? Like, patriarchy yeah. affects women way more than it affects men. I'm, I'm not saying otherwise. Yeah.
1: But that specific mm-hmm. facet of success and, like, wealth-related power, she doesn't really have to face that every day. Yeah, That's fascinating, actually. I like that, I like that aspect uh, of it.
0: Um, also, like, the second thing I wanted to say... All right, I started this conversation yeah, 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 trying yeah. to figure out why I think Rachel and Nick were going to make it, and Asher and um, Michael... I remembered.
1: Uh, every time, every time you say Michael. The, the, the fucking
0: pause. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, Michael. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, I started this conversation asking, like, what do I think is the answer to why one couple is going to make it and the other couple is not? And I think through this conversation, mm-hmm. I think part of it is because like patriarchy and like and like uh, Michael's like fragile male ego, right? Mm-hmm. I think also part of it is that like Rachel found her own happiness and like, success without Nick. She already yeah. came into this relationship as a, yeah. as a fulfilled and satisfied economics professor. She's published and she's mm-hmm. well-read. She's like big mm-hmm. in the industry, people know her. She's already found her own happiness. Her relationship is a bonus, right? Uh, like yeah. like w- one of my friends told me like, like you shouldn't view your relationship as a goal, you should view it as like the bonus, right? And I, and I mm-hmm. think that is so true on like so many fucking different levels, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you cannot depend on mm-hmm. someone else for your own happiness, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's, like, part of the reason why, like, Nick and, uh, and you were kind of alluding to it, how, like, Ra- like how, like, Rachel finding out that um, Nick was wealthy was was just, like, a, a jump scare, right? More than anything, yeah. right? it's <laughs> it, And she doesn't need it to be anything more than that because she already found her own success. She's already happy. She's already fulfilled, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Nick is just a bonus in her life, right? He's there to continue mm-hmm. to support her, right? But he doesn't, like, need he, – he, she does not depend on him for, like, any semblance of, like – fulfillment in this world mm-hmm. michael mm-hmm. has yeah the ops michael we're not quite we don't know his backstory fully but it seems to be quite implied that like a lot of his business ventures a lot of the things that he is trying to build up his own success are kind of like if not financially funded socially funded by astrid yeah. being present right like she's the one mm-hmm. who's going to go to the to the openings of his business and 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 like be there to promote mm-hmm. right his success will always be contingent on her presence to some degree right it's mm-hmm. going to be impossible to remove right He will mm-hmm. always by the nature of like this relationship always feel like he never got to build anything for himself right and I think that's part of the reason why he's so strained yeah. in this relationship right why why yeah. ashes feels the need to like hide her shopping and stuff like that right is because mm-hmm. she re- he really needs her to not be a part of this. For his own for his own like actual ability to like to like feel actually fulfilled because like because you can't you can't be fulfilled in a relationship if you're not fulfilled by yourself right and, mm-hmm. and i i genuinely think that is the problem that, my, that michael is having here right mm-hmm. is that like no yeah. matter what he builds one it's never going to be enough because like you're never going to be able to make enough money right but true it's like it's never going to be yours it's never just going to be yours right yeah you're, you're always Part, part of you is always going to have to be like, you know, uh, like Ash said it, right? Like part of his like ego is going to have to be tied to her and no one mm-hmm. in a relationship should be expected to hold that burden like that. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not healthy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually do think that like what you were talking about in terms of like success like finding success on your own was like huge because i never like really thought about it that way um but yeah like rachel was established on her own before she met nick she didn't need his money she didn't need his power she didn't need his affluence and they were in a completely different country Mm. than like where his parents were right so like again with that compatibility like that was a big part of it but like absolutely what you're saying is true and probably just as big of a part of it as their compatibility is the fact that like they found each other when they were independent of all the variables that could have ruined them, you know? Um, and that's, like, that's really fucking great. <laughs> it would be great if more people got into relationships that, like, actually served them instead of... Uh, that's more social commentary, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, that's all I had to talk about, but did you want to cover anything else?
0: Uh, Not particularly, like... Awesome. I feel like...
1: That was a good convo. It though. was a
0: good convo. I feel like we talked about a lot of really interesting things.
1: <laughs> I have not thought about this movie in a really long time. I, I should probably rewatch it. Um this it's but like those of you who haven't seen it yet, it's a great film. Um really great cast.
0: Like I said, you can't be Asian oh, value unless is great. you unless you watch it. Sorry. yeah
1: yeah so to all you uh weeaboos out there this is your this is your in all right um (laughs) no I um I genuinely enjoyed this film and like I think there's a lot to be learned from it there's a lot of um just good you know subtle life lessons to be learned from it and I think that like in terms of romantic relationships and romantic standards like you know it's very stereotypical the story itself is very stereotypical but I think it plays a lot of things right Mm -hmm. and so um yeah. Oh, Bottom line, also, don't mahjong date anybody that isn't on your uh, <laughs> on your on your level. <laughs> mahjong, mahjong, yes. I'm, what were you? I'm saying? pretty
0: sure this this movie increased mahjong sales.
1: <laughs> like, oh yeah, bro! That ending scene was badass. There's no way so. a
0: bunch of Asian American kids didn't walk out of the film and be like. Damn it, i need to learn to play mahjong
1: yeah mom teach me mahjong right now <laughs> um, sorry you were saying something you know, way it's... more
0: important than what i will <laughs> say.
1: you're totally fine i i love that though that's that's how that's how our brains work it's that you're the unserious one and i'm the one who's always like ah socio-political commentary let's go that way um but yeah <laughs> we're good <laughs>
0: This podcast was produced by Yeji.
1: It was created and written by both of us.
0: It was edited by me.
1: The cover art was done by my good friend, Emma Nebecker.
0: And the background art for the videos were done by my good friend, Penelope Moreno.